The Lord be with you. Good morning, Chivia Churches, and good morning to those joining us in other places too. Everyone is very welcome. This is Colin, and I hope everyone is keeping very safe. I also hope that everyone has had a lovely Christmas. Suddenly we find ourselves, Christmas is now over, and we worship on this first Sunday after Christmas. We do have some notices, and the first is, is actually a very, very sad one. And it really is with heavy heart I have to say this. I think that all of us are aware of the, the new strain of the COVID virus and how prevalent it is. And because of that, and because of the, the new, rest, new restrictions, we have decided to suspend in-person services. So there'll be no services at either Morbato or Yetum. And we don't want, just don't want to put anyone at risk. But the podcast will obviously be available. And if anyone needs some printed copy of the service, get in touch with me or with the session clerk, Susan. Gordon McAnally, produced a, a really quite wonderful video for the Christmas period, and that's still available on the Chivia Church's website. So please do look at that. It's got readings from all the different churches in our, our parish and music you can sing along to. So have a look at that. Um, the church is, all, is holding a scavenger hunt on Tuesday, 29th, at seven o'clock in the evening. And it's, it's by Zoom, so it's all online. And it should be a fun night for all the family. And if you're interested, contact Susan. The moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland, he's involved in a, a service on BBC One Scotland at 12.35 p.m. on New Year's Day. And I'd mentioned about sending sprigs of rosemary for an artwork, and that artwork will be revealed. And just to note, there's no vestry hour in Yetum this week. But remember to light your candles, even though Advent is now over, we continue to light our candles during these dark, dark winter months and at seven o'clock at night. We have our call to worship in our looking into 2021. May the God of hope be with us. In our lamenting the losses of 2020, may the God of peace be with us. In our celebrations of Christmas, may the God of joy be with us. In our caring for the world, May the God of love be with us. And in our living of life to all his fullness, may we know that God is with us. And we sing our first carol as 313. We've that's still a number of carols to sing yet this Christmas season. And it says, See in yonder manger low. And Heather and Gordon are, of course, helping out.
let us pray. God of grace and glory, we praise you from the heights and from the depths in the heavens and on earth and from the seas. Your splendor shines from a manger where the light of the world was born to pierce the darkness. In fragile flesh, you're revealed to us face to face. And so we gather with all people in every place who have glimpsed your salvation and grace to rejoice in your love born for us. Together we worship and praise you as creator, as son and as spirit, source of life, glorious light and wisdom of the ages. Source of hope, you invite us to live in the light and discover the splendor of your glory. But we confess that we often choose to remain in the darkness. We allow our fears and hurts to hold us hostage. Our expectations of life prevent us from seeing new and real possibilities. You offer us unconditional love, but we expect others to add our love. Forgive us, and may the new life born in the manger awaken new life in us and allow hope to dawn in the year ahead. And here, the good news of the gospel, Jesus Christ is our light and our salvation. In him we are made new. Let us give thanks to God and be at peace with ourselves and with one another. And now we say our family prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We turn to the prophet Isaiah and to chapter 62 and verses 1 to 3. For Zion's sake, I will not be silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her vindication shines forth like the dawn and her victory like a burning torch. Nations shall behold your vindication and all kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name pronounced by the mouth of the Lord. You shall be a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem held by your God. Amen. And then we turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And Jesus is presented in the temple. We'll read from verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Messiah of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took the baby into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, 
you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now the child's mother and father were amazed at what was said. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, in the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow, until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and with prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were waiting the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had finished all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Amen. And the Lord bless to us these readings from his holy word, all praise to God's name. We're going to hear the next carol. It's actually a very old carol, one of the very traditional. It's of the Father's love begotten, 319 in the hymn book. we have our weekly prayer from Arthur and Kathleen. Let us pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whose years never fail and whose mercies are new each returning day, 
Let the radiance of your spirit renew our lives, warming our hearts and giving light to our minds, that we may pass the coming year in joyful obedience and firm faith. Through him who is the beginning and the end, your Son, Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Sunday after Christmas is always a difficult one. We've been building up through Advent, lighting our candles every Sunday, opening the doors of our Advent calendars, all with the purpose of reaching Christmas Day, when we rejoice with the birth of the Christ child. But afterwards, there's a sense of letdown. I remember as a child, there was always a horror that it would be another 365 days before another Christmas. But also, the days after Christmas in the Christian year commemorate some rather gruesome events. The 26th of December is the Feast of Stephen. We sing about it in Good King Wenceslas. But in Mark the death of Stephen, the first martyr of the church. The 28th is Holy Innocence Day, when we remember how Herod slaughtered the male children in Bethlehem, the innocents. While the 29th, this year will mark the 850th anniversary of Thomas a Becket's death at Canterbury. It's therefore something of a relief that our gospel today focuses on the story of Simeon and Anna. Now, if you go to Linton Kirk, you'll find a stained glass window there near the, the communion table of the elderly bearded Simeon holding the baby Jesus in his arm. And there's something rather lovely about the old holding the young. Something with this lockdown period there's been precious little of. Mary and Joseph had brought their child to the temple in Jerusalem. And they came for two reasons. After giving birth, a mother had to be purified. And so Mary came and made her offering. Two doves, a sign that perhaps he couldn't afford a sheep. But they also came to dedicate their firstborn child to God. In the temple, they encountered firstly Simeon and then Anna. And Anna was a widow aged 84. She'd been widowed for most of her adult life. She was married for seven years and her husband had died. So she'd been widowed all this time. Simeon was there. We don't know his age, but we get the impression that he too was an old man waiting to die. Both would have seen so much in their lives. Perhaps he'd even witnessed the coming of the Romans to occupy Palestine. Anna, as a widow, would have relied on the charity of others. And both Anna and Simeon seemed to frequent the temple, praying and hoping. They both were people of faith and they both believed that the Messiah would come to bring change and to usher in the kingdom of God. And so both in turn 
held Jesus in their arms, a little baby, and recognized him as the one, as the Messiah. They just have this little cameo in the gospel story, but Anna and Simeon represent the old and the wisdom that the elderly can bring. There's a group called the Elders, made up of Desmond Tutu and Jimmy Carter and some others. And they try to bring their wisdom and all their experience to situations of conflict and pain around the world. They felt that the elderly still had so much to give. And so Simeon and Anna brought their wisdom and their faithfulness. But they also recognised that something new was about to happen. And so they were letting go of the past to pass on the baton to the new, to this couple with their little baby. We come to the end of another year, and I don't think that many of us will miss seeing the end of 2020. It's been a year of isolation, of heartbreak, of the loss of livelihoods of many individuals, but also as a nation. Now a new year beckons, 2021. With the lockdown, we're starting the year quietly. But I think with Anna and with Simeon, we can look into the future with hope and with faithfulness and hopefully with a little wisdom, ready to face changes that will inevitably come and to make transitions in the knowledge that we have a God who journeys with us, a God who has been faithful in the past, but a God who's ever beckoning us forward into a new tomorrow. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. And we sing the carol, or we listen to it at least, 314, Child in a Manger.
We have our prayers of thanksgiving and intercession. Let us pray. Good and gracious gods, your love overflows in the goodness we've met, even in this challenging year. As one year closes and another begins, help us to trust your goodness. Bless the gifts that we bring to you, so that they may provide others with the hope we know in Christ Jesus. God of love, as we celebrate the birth and life of Jesus, our Saviour, we're filled with thanks. Our gratitude overflows in praise, prayers for our world, the world you love. We pray for all children, guard their minds, protect their bodies, strengthen their characters, and give them joy. Help them to look to the future with hope and with trust. We pray for the most aged among us, those whom Simeon and Anna bring to mind. Protect them in the midst of the ongoing pandemic and reassure them of their value to you and to us, even when we cannot meet together. We pray for those whose hearts are filled with pain and fear, and we pray for those for whom Christmas is linked with loss or with grief. Surround each one with a strong sense of your comforting presence. We pray for those who do not have enough to eat and for those who lack adequate shelter in our community and in the desperate corners of the world. We pray for those who eat alone without the comfort of human contact and for those whose hearts and lives have been broken by trauma or loss, and for those who struggle with the many costs of the pandemic. Surround each one with a strong sense of your comforting presence. We pray for family members and friends, those nearby, and those we've not been able to see for so long. Remind them of our steadfast love. And to any who are struggling this season, give them your gift of peace. As the year draws to a close, we surrender to you, O God, the challenges it has held for us, so that they will not remain as burdens. Remind us of the good things that have offered us encouragement in times of isolation. We give thanks for the people who continue to care for us and care about us. Give us courage and wisdom for the year ahead. We pray that our leaders will have wisdom and generosity of spirit for the decisions that they must make on our behalf. Guide all the scientists continuing to produce the vaccines against COVID-19 and support all those essential workers whose faithfulness to their responsibilities help us cope in these difficult days. And now in a moment of silence, we bring the prayers of our own hearts before God. Lord, hear these and all our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And we sang a, a, a very old carol of the Father's love begotten. And now we're going to sing a, quite a new one. It's one of the John Bell carols. It's 295 in the hymn book. And do look at the words because they're, they're, they're marvellous. And so who would think that what was needed?
God surprises earth with heaven. Let us have our benediction. Let us pray. May we go ready to see God at work in the world, open to hope for God's ways in the world, and holding God's love in our lives. And may the blessing of God, loving Father, newborn Son, and living Spirit, go with you and go with all who you love, wherever they may be, this day and into 2021 and always. Amen.